Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with visual effects artist Darby Facinto. His recent credits include Loki, Hawkeye and She-Hulk on Disney Plus, as well as Black Adam starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is in theaters now. Darby, a movie that you worked on is in theaters. How does it feel? To be honest, it really doesn't phase me anymore, <laughs> I think. I, I remember thinking it was going to be such a big deal when I went and saw Black Adam. And it was. It was really cool. But by the time I saw it, you had like PTSD. Because, I mean, I'm looking at these shots and I'm like, man, I remember how long that one took to get finaled or how long we spent on this or how late I stayed up doing that. And by the end of it, I don't even want to see it anymore. So by the time I go see the movie, I don't even, I don't care. It's triggering. I know it sounds super jaded, super Hollywood, but. No, but if you stare at something all day on your small screen, that's what a foot away from your face, then you're looking yeah. at it in the theaters and you're over it at that point. And you know what happens, right? Yeah. Well, I know what happens and I'm months removed, like removed from it. I'm already on to maybe another project or even another, another project past that point. And so now I'm circling back and I just don't even want to look. It just is old news to me. Which is so funny because it's like a year apart from when I actually did it. But What is the production timeline? When you get the materials, mm -hmm. the footage that you're going to work on, how old is that footage? Man, it really depends on what it is. I think with some, depending on the show or the film that we're doing, uh, sometimes we're doing reshoots when we get handed the stuff. So all of our things are in post-production, which is after th things are filmed. And that's typically when we come in. I'm trying to give a good example. Like when we were doing uh, the Loki stuff, I know that we were getting a lot of the early dev stuff where it was still green screen. Um, nothing was edited. It was really rough. And then we'll, we'll, we will continually get updates from different VFX vendors. So like Industrial Light and Magic, uh, ILM and uh, Weta and uh, Trickster, all these different companies, they'll do their effects and send us updated shots weekly. And so I'm working in the same plate, which is what we call the footage. But week by week, I'm slowly getting updates on that. So it can be anywhere from as early as there's not even like anything to look at quite yet. And as late as the episode comes out next week or something. So, so it's right in that range. <laughs> and you're just sitting at your computer here in Cookville. Yeah. <laughs> getting these shots with huge actors like The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock. And you're editing his footage. Is that weird and how often are you communicating with your team yeah our team well first of all our team um is really really small we have like uh i think some projects we can get as big as like six people designers but um there's a project i'm on right now where i'm the only designer so it really just depends it, they're not very big teams um but yeah no it was really it was surreal when i first started doing it because i would be like at my house working doing whatever freaking out and then I'd go in town to see my friends and I couldn't say a word about what I was doing. And we would just act like we were 21 years old, you know, and just be stupid. And it was so funny to see that relationship between my work life and my personal life because it became really split because I can't talk about it. And especially when I first started, nobody even thought I was doing anything because it's not like I was publicly saying I got hired by this and I'm doing that. I couldn't say anything for a bit. So for about like six months, it just seemed like I did nothing. And <laughs> Like I would visit my friends and I would hang out with them. And then when the show came out and I announced it, they're like, that's what you've been doing for six months. Like You didn't say anything. And it's this huge Marvel show. Yeah. It was like, what are you, do what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? 
And when you say you can't say anything, yeah. you really can't say anything. They make y'all sign NDAs, right? That's part of yeah. the contract. You can't even say that you're working with that company. Yeah, well, I can, I can, I use, I think uh, Cantina really tried to put the fear of God in me a little bit, which is good. If Donna, Donna's our producer, if she's listening, she knows what I'm talking about. She'll call me and try to scare me, you know, to make me not say anything. We can't say anything, but I can say I'm working with Cantina and I can say, oh yeah, we're working on this project. It'll be about, you know, a few months or whatever. But beyond that point, it really, it needs to be kind of like hush hush because so much is going on and the last thing you want to be is the weak like the weak link that <laughs> breaks the chain of command and yeah and you mentioned that you work for cantina creative this is a visual effects studio yeah cantina is a design studio in los angeles um okay yeah, cantina creative how'd you get roped into that cantina oh ridiculous they uh my friend uh, my friend Jace was doing all this stuff and um, he was kind of mentoring me through email and he was good friends with Cantina and they did a lot of the Iron Man stuff together. And he kind of just vouched for me and said, hey, Darby, like, go at it. I think you'd be great. I told Cantina you're cool. And so they called me and I had it's probably honestly the worst interview of my life, really. They called me and I was I, I just moved back from Vegas where I was spending time with Jace and I didn't have a place to live here. And my dad has this like uh, like. It's like a small little like lake house thing out on Center Hill. And so I was living like in the middle of the woods, like upstairs, my dad's lake house in the dead of winter. And I was doing this interview. Like, there was no one around me. It was super like weird. Surreal. And, yeah. And they called me and I was freaking out, of course, because I know all their work. And they were asking me, so what do you do? You know, what do you feel like you're you're talented in? How do you feel like you can contribute? And I just straight up told them, like, I've never done this stuff ever. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I don't, I don't really know if I'd be a good designer. <laughs> I'm like, Jason, such a confident interviewee. I know, it was all, it was awful. <laughs> but Jay, I was like, I can animate. Jace has taught me how to animate stuff. I can do that for you. But I could not draw for crap. So don't ask me to like design anything. And they laughed. I guess because I was really not selling myself. <laughs> but then uh, Sean, the owner of Cantina, called me back a few weeks later, right before Christmas, and. Even then, he didn't tell me what I was doing. It's so like hush hush. But he's like, I got this Marvel thing that we're working on. Is that something you'd be interested in? I was like, yeah. So then I started immediately January after that. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I am chatting with visual effects artist Darby Facinto. Darby, you mentioned your friend Jace. He taught you how to do all these visual effects and design. So does this mean you never formally trained in visual effects? Yeah, and to be to be completely honest, Jace didn't even really teach me all of it. Jace taught me very specific skills of, hey, you now know a general information. Here's maybe how they would want you to approach something. But we didn't really have time to get in depth with it, honestly. A lot of the stuff I just learned off YouTube, like how do I use this program? How do I make something glow? How do I track it to footage? Like A, a lot of these questions I would have, I just learned over years of Googling and making like stupid films in town or... Um, on my phone or something and just trying to make an effect. It's crazy. You're not the first guest that I've had that has mentioned that they learned how to do their trade on YouTube. Yeah, it's becoming more, especially technical skills. Like when you need to learn a program or something, I don't know of a better resource than YouTube. Completely free. There's no reason not to use it. YouTube University. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what you do specifically is user interface. Yes. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, I feel like I'm talking to my grandma again or something. She's like, Darby, can you just break I'm your it down? grandma. Please yeah. help me. Oh, man. When I was, <laughs> side story, when I was working on Loki and I was at the lake house, 
I lived across the street from my grandma. She had the lake house across from me. And so every day I'd go over there because she'd make me lunch, right? Like, why would I not go over there? I would tell Cantina, we'd be working on stuff. I'm like, hey, my grandma made me a sandwich. Like, I'll be right back <laughs> or something. And I'd go over there and eat with them. And my grandma was really skeptical because they didn't know, they had no idea what this was. And like, I tried explaining it to them, but it just didn't really register. And I was eating lunch with my grandma. And my grandma was like, you know, Darby, like, I think, I think it's fun you're doing all this stuff, but like, we all know it's just going to be like small, like in the background, like no one's going to really see it anyways. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like she was being dead serious. It's like, grandma, what the heck? Like, oh <laughs> what, my are gosh. You, what are you talking about? If Why only you... she knew. <laughs> well, I don't know what, I don't know if like, I wasn't coming off arrogant from what I can remember, but I remember my grandma just like trying to shut me down. Like, Hey, get off your high horse. Like you're not that special. Listen, the family <laughs> will keep you humble. I, I love you, grandma. Uh. <laughs> She was supplying the sandwiches. She was fueling your career. She was. She came to Black Adam, though. I think she got it then. I think she saw it and she like understood it. But it was funny because when she saw nothing, she was like, Darby, no one's going to see this stuff. I'm like, Grandma, what do you mean? <laughs> well, it's, not, it's all visual, right? I mean, it's yeah. not even visual work that people end up touching and using like with products yeah. and on screens and stuff. But this is just all completely Yeah. So intangible. I guess I, I didn't even answer your question. Yeah. You are. <laughs> I guess... To explain it, user interface is a type of design. So UI artists design uh, graphics for phones. They design graphics for any kind of like digital application. It's like the layout that you interact with, right? What we do is technically FUI. So it's futuristic or fake or fantasy, whatever you want that letter to mean, user interface. And we just make up user interfaces that do not exist in real life. So all the computers where people are hacking like in the movie or the holograms or the mission control or like when they're looking at um, like the Death Star and Star Wars, all that stuff, that is like an interface that does not exist and we're making technology for the film. So if somebody is watching a movie and there's a TV screen in there with fake news or any sort of graphic, that's what you make. Yeah, we'll make news branding all the time, like random news channels or whatever. And that's like super bread and butter stuff. We'll get asked to do phone screens and... TVs, and that's obviously not the exciting work, but it's really fun. I mean, there's tons of that stuff everywhere. Yeah. How long does it even take you to make something like that? Like one screen. Say somebody is hacking a computer screen. They're going, mm-hmm. I'm in. Oh, my <laughs> dude, that's every single movie. Right? I was just talking about that this morning, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> How long does it take you to do something simple like that? It just depends on the level of complexity they want. I, I would say like three days, you'll end up with something good. But the problem is not the time it gets to do it. The problem is trying to convince everybody else that it needs to be in the movie. They've hired you to design, but the director is ultimately the one who decides on it and the VFX producers who you have to go through. And so you have to get the VFX producers to like the design. Then the director has to like it too. And everyone's got an opinion or like a hat in the ring kind of thing. And they're like, what if it was red? What if it was blue? What if that was bigger? So these things can get limbo, like a really simple hacking screen can go on for like four months, which is why I was talking about like PTSD (laughs) when I'm going to like Black Adam and I see like a hacking screen that's like two seconds long. That just is like four months of my life, like flash before my eyes. And I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom or something. (laughs) Is that one of the hardest parts about your job is the constant back and forth? Yeah. I mean, a lot of my job is, I, I think there's a clear definition between artist and designer. An artist is making art for themselves. A designer is making art for a client. So I'm trying to execute the client's vision. And that's a lot different than me just doing something because I think it looks cool. Obviously, I'm giving my input into it and we'll just pitch out. This is what I think looks good here. 
but ultimately it's up to them on what they want and we're hired to do what they want, not what I want. More with visual effects designer Darby Facinto. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Hello and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with Darby Facinto, visual effects artist. Many of you are probably fans of his work. You just don't know it. He's worked on the Disney Plus series Loki, She-Hulk, and Hawkeye, as well as Black Adam starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is in theaters now. Darby, when you're working with a client or a director, do you prefer to have very strict directions or do you like to have a lot of creative freedom i think it, it depends on the client there's it's it's different for <laughs> it's different for who, you, who you're working with and even different inside like i can't just say every single marvel production is the exact same because they're not there's always a different vfx producer different director different team on board and they all are saying different things and they're all trying to give different opinions on things I think what's really helpful when directors are trying to give you a uh, a clear direction is that they know what they want. There's not a lot of wasted time just trying to like throw stuff at the wall. Um, but the the issue with that is that if they get too specific with it, sometimes as a designer, it can feel like they're trying to limit what you're trying to do. And this is just like the inner voice inside the designer saying, I'm a designer. Did you not hire me to design? You have to check yourself and remember, oh, you hired me to do what you want. So if you want me to sit here and make it yellow, blue, green, red for four months, that's exactly what you're paying for. So, I mean, really, you kind of have to get over it to an extent. That's not every single thing, but every now and again, we run into that where a client's kind of like wishy-washy in what they want, which is totally fine. But I have to be willing to execute that and have a good attitude and not try to hinder the production by being a brat about it, you know? (laughs) Darby, did you always want to go into visual effects, specifically user interface? To be honest, I remember telling myself specifically, I will never do this work ever (laughs) in college. When Jace was showing me all this stuff and we were just buddies, I'm like, man, this is so detailed. I am not detailed oriented at all. I'm big picture kind of thing. And I was in school to learn how to direct and shoot and write. And that's what I was doing. And I didn't really want to spend a lot of time trying to make like tiny little like dots and stuff. I, I, it just seemed like not fun. It seemed like a headache, honestly. Um, but as time progressed and I started to feel more comfortable about it, I realized a lot of my issues with it were not necessarily the actual work, but me thinking I really wasn't capable of doing it. Once I felt like I was capable of doing it, it became really, really fun. And then I felt like it was enjoyable to progress and try to get through that. Um, so then it, I kind of like fell into it. It really was not what I set out to do at all. So you set out to work in film and production and yeah. direct. What was the moment for you 
where you just said that that's not for me. I don't want to direct. And was that weird to give up on that dream? <laughs> I think um, yes and no. At first I thought, um, I mean, there's no clear path to directing at all, you know? And I think I, I really got encouraged when Jace told me um, some stories. He worked on Star Wars episode seven, uh, the rise of, well, not the rise. What was that? Force awakens. Yeah. With Daisy Ridley. And yeah, he was working on that and he did all the rebel holograms, like R2D2 stuff or whatever. Cool. Yeah. It was super. And like the opening, like title crawl, which is like mega dream for him. It was super cool. But he was telling me that they got sent to a place where they worked and, um, he was talking about JJ Abrams a bit. Cause he was a director on that film and they worked closely together, like next to each other. And he was telling me that JJ started out doing exactly what we do. And that was his introduction to film was visual effects. And so that's how he got into um, directing or just knowing the world. And then he did Lost, that TV show. And that was JJ. And then, oh, I and, love Alias. It's yeah. one of my favorite shows. <laughs> yeah. And then Super 8. And then it started moving in that direction. And so it gave me encouragement to think, oh, it's not like I'm trapping myself in a box by doing this. Mm-hmm. Look at these directors who have done VFX and have done really, really well with that. You know, And it's a good way to learn how production works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you meet so many people. I mean, I met the dude... Um, I, I'm talking about Loki so much, but I met the, one of the VFX producers on Loki. He, he won an Oscar because he like made Thanos. Like he was a guy who like was the head of the Thanos team and like did all this work and he got like a VFX award for it and like all this crazy stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this guy knows me and he's seeing my stuff all the time. Or like, we're like, we're talking. Like, it's just like, weird. it was weird to me. It was super cool. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I am joined by Darby Facento, visual effects designer. You might have seen his work in some of the Marvel TV shows on Disney+, Plus or Black Adam, which is in theaters right now. Darby, it seems to me like a lot of your industry is based on networking and personality, right? I'd say so. Or at least your success. Well, yeah, my success. And it's funny because most people I meet are super introverted in this industry. They like to be like in their design cave and Mm -hmm. like not having anybody talk. All the lights are off, blinds are shut, and that's where they want to live. And that's totally fine. And I think there's such a need for this stuff that if you're putting out UI work, it's such a niche field that you're going to get seen eventually by somebody and you're going to get picked up. Um, But most people I'm meeting that are doing this are much older than I am. Um, Late 20s, 30s some in their forties or whatever, trying to do this. And they have just a lot of experience. I think, um, for me to be in a position at Cantina at such a young age is such a gift because I, it, they're the cream of the crop as far as, I mean, I don't, I guess the, the UI skill is not known to the, to everybody else, but there's a bunch of studios out there that do this stuff. And I would argue that Cantina is probably one of the best out there doing it. They get all the high profile Marvel work and they get to do all the cool tech And for me to just have that opportunity is such a blessing. There's no reason I should be there. It really makes no sense. (laughs) But that's great. I feel like things come to you when you don't chase them, right? Yeah, for sure. Life always seems to work like that. You mentioned that a lot of people in your industry are introverted. And a lot of your work is done in solitude, right? You're just at home at your computer? Post-COVID, it's solitude. Pre-COVID, you were at the studio. Okay. I try to make it fun. I try to like just call people on Microsoft Teams and be like, what's going on? And nobody really wants to talk, but I'm trying to talk. And it's the culture has shifted post COVID, which was a blessing for me because otherwise I would have been, I would have had to have gone to LA and I probably wouldn't have done it. To be honest with you, I would have stayed here. So, so why do you want to stay here so badly? What, what do you love about Cookville? Dude, Cookville's cheap. Cookville <laughs> is a cheap place to live. It is, well, besides mo- money, all my family's here. And I really want to be around my family. And 
I want to, I want to raise a family. And the last place I ever want to do that is in Los Angeles. I just, especially in the heart of the city. It's just, it doesn't seem like something I'd want to do. I was willing to make a sacrifice to do like an internship for a little over a semester in college in LA. And that was kind of a game plan I had. Um, cause you do need to make a connection out there, but for that to happen, it was super COVID shut it down. And then it just kind of became more of a back burner thing. And then it completely stopped. And so I kind of thought my opportunities out there were over. So for Jace to like reach out and do what he did was like a golden ticket in without me ever. I've never been, I mean, I went to LA when I was like 10, I think <laughs> like I have not been anywhere remotely towards LA since I've started doing this work. Wow. <laughs> While a lot of people are loving the Cookville representation in the Marvel Universe, as a local and a Marvel fan, it is very fun to see. Darby, how do you see your industry changing? Because between the technology, the tools, the trends, I feel like things can change so rapidly and you got to keep up. I, I have not experienced a shift yet. I think right now we're at a time where Adobe kind of owns the industry. And so that's really what I use for most of everything. But from the more veteran people at Cantina who I've talked to, I just had a conversation uh, with one of our creative directors and he was telling me about this program called Shake. And I had no idea what that was and I had to go like Google it. And there's like all these programs that people used to use years and years ago. But I think Adobe is the first company to take everything that you need, wrap it up, make it pretty and then give it to you. And it, Prior to that, it was like, oh, I use this program for this. And then way over here, I use this program for that. Now it's like we have everything that can talk to each other. And I think for at least the foreseeable future, Adobe will be the way to go with how stuff works. Um, but I've learned that a lot of this work with these programs, even if I don't know a program, works the exact same. Everything's in layers. Everything has a similar effect. Everything, it, it feels um, approachable. So I don't know how like in the dust I'll actually be. I think if you're constantly in it, you're constantly going to be able to knock something out. So, More with visual effects designer Darby Facinto right after the break. Hello and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with visual effects designer Darby Facinto. His recent credits include the Disney Plus series Loki, She-Hulk, and Hawkeye. And you can also see his work in Black Adam starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson in theaters right now. Darby, is it hard for you to watch and enjoy movies now that you understand the industry and the intricacies behind visual effects? Yes. <laughs> Short answer, <laughs> yes. It completely takes me out of it, I think. Um, and it, it depends on the film. I, I honestly wa like to watch movies that have nothing to do with sci-fi at all. Like, I would rather watch Pirates of the Caribbean than watch another Marvel movie. I'm, like, marveled out. You know, like I've been, I'm marveled out. To, I cannot look at another thing. But... To watch, uh, I don't know, like Little House on the Prairie or something. That sounds more appealing to me. Like I just went and watched a few weeks ago um, where the crawdads sing when it came out in the theaters. I went by myself because I'm like, man, I just want to watch a movie that has nothing to do with Thanos or an Infinity Stone or a multiverse mm -hmm. or whatever. And I loved it. I was in there with a bunch of grandmas and we're just hanging out, like watching this movie. And no one, I was by myself. <laughs> And I just felt so free. I felt free in that moment, Caroline. <laughs> so I think, I think, yes, visual effects have made me not want to watch like Star Trek, Star Wars, anything Marvel related, unless like, you know, it's a big deal and I want to check it out. But I'm not as excited as I was pre this, I guess. I have noticed, and maybe this is just me, but the other day I was re-watching Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. The original series yeah, from yeah, 2001. Yeah. And I noticed that some of the visual effects looked the same, if not better, than some do t 
today. 100%. And is that because there's just so much more need for visual effects now that people are just stretched too thin or there isn't as much time or funding? Yeah, I mean, I to be honest with you, the funding has only grown for VFX because people are relying on it so much now. I think the issue is not necessarily the artist or the money allocation. I think it's how the directors are using it now. With Lord of the Rings, there were so many practical things that really felt physical and real to you, and that's why it felt so good. They had a huge makeup department making all these like orcs and stuff and like trying to make it cool. But then when you get into something that's like, um, I don't know, I'm trying like, like in game, you know, Thanos is entirely CG. There's nothing real about him, and I think that kind of can pull you out of the believability a little bit if you're not careful. Um, and I think movies are just completely shot on blue screens now. If you're doing like a film in space, which is fine, like it looks really cool, but if there's nothing, nothing to ground you there, you're going to lose it. You know. You mentioned believability. Yeah. Or what is your mission in your work to make what you do believable? Mm. I think a lot of it has to be like real life reference. So if I'm making a screen, I want to make sure I'm looking at real graphs that represent stuff. If I'm doing something that's going to show, <clears throat> say I'm doing something for like a fighter jet. I'm going to go look at real fighter jets and figure out what is on fighter jet screens because I want this to feel believable and it also is going to help drive the design. So I'll know what to put on the screen because of how the screen is going to work in real life. Um, if I just start like going off the cuff, I may get something cool, but it's not going to have a groundness to like reality. You worked on Loki on Disney Plus, which is a very stylized show. Yeah. Yeah. That show was really stylized. Is it fun for you to work in those <laughs> styles? Because it can take more time, right, to make it look. It had a bit of an 80s look to me with the screens and with some of the yeah. the graphics. They weren't supposed to look super modern. Yeah. Um, the director was named Kate, and she was, I think, Kate Heron. She was really, really cool, and she had a really strong style for the show. She knew exactly how she kind of wanted things to fall in place. And Marvel was really behind that idea and they had influence as well. And a lot of that came from the comics, like the TVA in the Marvel comics was this bureaucratic um, agency I and mean, they all wore suits and they're like the time cops really, but it was super like brown and gross and ugly. And so they already kind of knew that direction they wanted to go. Um, so when we were working with that, um, Andrew Harluck was my lead designer and he's done a lot of cool stuff on um, Bumblebee and he was on the in-game team and a bunch of cool, cool work. He's on, I think, done some stuff for Call of Duty at some point, I think. Working with him was really cool because I was learning a lot from like a veteran. And he had this strong style kind of spaced out, but he showed me where he was coming from. And a lot of it was like those old monitors you would see like at Lowe's, like when you're like checking out and it's just like blue text and it's just like, you know, the old DOS and Linux stuff. We would just go look up these like old consoles and figure out what shows like information. How does it look? Why is there an indention here? How do you read that stuff when there's literally nothing but text on the screen? And then, you know, we'll throw in like a happy face for like Miss Minutes or something like in the bottom. And that Miss like ties Minutes, <laughs> a Southern lady, a Southern icon. If you aren't yeah. familiar with the show Loki, she is a clock cartoon with a Southern accent yes. who works at or is the representative of the TVA. That Yeah, she's like their computer, I think. I mean, she's like their little breakdown. Yeah, we. I ran into her a few times. We did. I did a screen where she's like waving her head and it's like, howdy. And she's like waving her little hand or something in the back. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> when you come up with all these ideas, are you on like a live chat with your team mm. or is it just constant emails and stuff? How do you yeah. How do you put together your Pinterest board? <laughs> Pinterest board? Honestly, I mean, sometimes we put together a Pinterest board, honestly. Um, I think so. I work. I don't actually work off my own computer. I log into a computer in L.A. and it's through remote 
And so we're all working off computers in this big room that's connected to a server. So if I'm doing something, someone can open a folder and go check out what I'm doing. So I'll just knock out like 10 versions of like what I think looks good. And then I'll path whoever I'm working with. I'm like, hey, check this out. They'll go open it and they'll look at everything. And they're like, oh, I like version eight. Let's try that one. And then we'll plug it into our shop in After Effects and we'll check it out. And if we like it, we'll render out a still. And then we just send it off to Marvel through that. And then uh, they'll check it out, review it. We get notes back. It's kind of that process. But we'll usually show like five or six versions just so they can kind of find one that they want, you know. What's been your favorite job to date? Favorite job? Oh, man. I feel like the one I talk about so much is Loki. (laughs) And I think that's just because so many people hear about it. I think my favorite was Black Adam. So far, really? I think I think Loki was so sty- so far, yeah. Loki was so stylized, you know, forever hold a special place. You know, it's like your first project. You know, it's like your first kid. I think. I mean, I've never had a kid, so I don't know, but I think it's the same thing. It's your baby. It's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> Black Adam. Black Adam was my first movie. You know, and that's what I always wanted to do. And so the TV show stuff was really really cool. It was not any less interesting than Black Adam. But for me to, even though I did say I get PTSD from it, working on that and then going to the theater and seeing your things like a hundred feet you know, why, like right up on your face. It was really, really cool. And watching The Rock beat stuff up right next to your little screen or something, you're like, oh, yeah, there I am. Listen, nothing beats Nicole Kidman in her pinstripe suit welcoming <laughs> you to the AMC theater. I'm like, come on, Nicole, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm here. She says, somehow, hot break feels good in a place like <laughs> yes. this. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I am joined by visual effects designer Darby Facinto. Many of you are probably fans of his work. You just don't know it. He's worked on Disney Plus series Loki, She-Hulk, and Hawkeye, as well as Black Adam, the DC Comics movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is in theaters now. Darby, is there a movie or a series that you are just dying to work on? Mm, that's a good question. I would love... Um I think I just have to like beg Cantina to do this. They, like I was talking about earlier, they did a lot of work on um, Lord of the Rings, the new show. Uh, Rings the Rings of, of Power. Power. The Rings of Power, yeah. They did uh, this really cool map. So whenever like the scenes would cut and like it would show the map and it would scroll and it would show a new location, that was all like Cantina. And they worked with like a, I think they worked with like a Tolkien cartographer trying to do all that stuff. Anyways, I thought that was really, really cool. I was like, that's so different just to have like on your portfolio. It's such a step back from holograms and tech. That'd be really cool to see. I'd love to do something like that. Or like um like a title sequence for something that I would never like a title sequence for like Pirates of the Caribbean. Where like I would have nothing else to contribute but a title sequence. I think that'd be really cool. Stuff like that. Do you see yourself staying in visual effects or do you think maybe you'll someday return to that dream of directing? <laughs> dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think if you are directing that requires you to really be out there. You really got to go do it and you're going to be gone. I have a friend, um, Adam Drake. He's an assistant director on the chosen series and he, I mean, he's gone for six or seven months out of the year, which is super long. And he's married. He has like five kids, you know, he's trying to like juggle that and they live here in Sparta and he's out in Utah Texas trying to film this, this show. And I'm like, dude, like, man, I'm so lucky I get to work from home and work on these like big budget IPs. Because if I wasn't, I mean, I'd have to be out there. So to be honest with you, now that I've seen how that stuff actually works, I think I have less interest in being that absorbed into it. Because right now it's like, okay, I'm really in the zone. I'm working on this film. Someone texts me, hey, let's grab dinner. Boom, I shut it off and like I can completely step away. If I'm on set for seven months, I'm locked in. There's no escaping. My family's gone. <laughs> like I can't. It becomes your whole life. Yeah, I mean, it becomes everything. Yeah. So I don't know. 
we'll see. But as of right now, I have no desire to leave Cookville. And I know if I wanted to direct, I'd have to do that. So, right. What have you learned about yourself working in this industry? Oh, man. I have, <laughs> I've been pushed. I've been pushed, Caroline, to my limit. <laughs> I've been, because I've learned that, and I don't voice it a lot to Cantina. So if they're listening, they're probably going to be like, what? You actually think that? But sometimes I'll get notes back. I get like really mad. Like I'll get like really angry and not, not, at, not at Cantina, but it's when, I, when you put your heart and soul into something and then a client's like, why would we ever use that? We need to go in a whole different direction. I'm like, yeah, like it did look stupid. <laughs> and you're right. Sobs. So, yeah. And I'm crying. I'm like, yeah, it looked really dumb. And I'm like, I'll get like mad. Like I'll actually get angry or when it's a technical issue, when the computer's like error, can't render error, can't see this error. Don't know why this is not loading. I'm like hitting my desk. I'm like, what? Like banging on it. And my cat's like freaking out. And it's kind of honestly an ugly scene. I'm glad I live alone because if anybody saw what I was doing, they'd be like, oh my gosh, she's about to like punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> well, uh, what's your favorite thing about it then to leave yeah, on a I positive note? <laughs> that was pretty bad, actually. That, that sounded like I, I'm like crazy. Listen, here at Local Matters, we're all about the raw reality. Caroline, you're airing out my stuff out here on Local. It's like local gossip really is what it is. XOXO, Gossip Girl. <laughs> I think... Um, my favorite thing I think about it is that it, it takes an element from you that is personal, which is design and art, and then puts it on the world stage for everyone to see. I remember when I was telling you earlier about that girl I was dating, she had a friend who lived, I think it was like in Spain. And when everything came out, she messaged her and she was like, oh man, I just saw like your boyfriend's stuff and like send a picture of my name in the credits and all this. And I'm like, she's around the world. And I, it clicked in my head that like, millions of people have literally seen this like timeline thing that I did and I have no idea who they are and they don't know it's mine, but they've seen it like it's in their head, which is crazy to me. That kind of influenced wild. We're all mediated by the images that you produce. Yeah. I really control the world is what I'm trying to you say. You absolutely do. <laughs> I really control the world. <laughs> Darby, it was an absolute pleasure to have you Thank on you, local yeah. matters. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, totally. Thank you.